Welcome to Happy Times and Places, a Doctor Who episode commentary in which a friend of mine tells me their favourite things about a Doctor Who episode and I have to see if mine are the same. Hiya Toby, my name's Joe Lidster and I'm a writer of kids TV, audio stuff, a bit of theatre, some Doctor Who related stuff. Um, and currently desperately unemployed and apparently I should be looking at sports according to the government. So let's worry about that later. The story I've chosen for you is End of the World uh, because I think it's the most important story in the new revival of Doctor Who. Uh, I think everyone, general audience, would be happy to watch Rose. It's very fun, it's very London, shop dummies are very relatable, all that kind of stuff. Unquiet Dead is Ghosts and Charles Dickens and Victorian written um, so again fairly easy sell to the general public but end of the world is basically saying to a family audience that you know that those very weird alien shows that your son watches on BBC2 in his bedroom um, you're getting aliens in Doctor Who we're not hiding them from you so get used to it welcome I don't know about you but I feel fine, even though it's the end of the world as we know it. Uh, I hope if you are about to watch along with me, you have it set up and ready to go. I'm watching on a, on uh, Netflix, so it's offering me to skip recap, which I'm not going to do. So when I start talking, there will obviously be a bit of rose. I'm not going straight into the episode, but I think that's how it's mostly available. Uh, going to press play in three two one go uh so it's the bbc logo now uh, i have seen what you have seen of my special guest joe lidster uh which is him introducing what the story is and his sort of general reasons for so doing uh so we've got the the recap because of course this is a brave new world for bbc television uh in uh 2000 and uh, five, um, April 2005, uh, uh, yeah, um, uh, and interesting to see his, his reasons, and he's quite right, I remember when Rose was reviewed on Late Review, which was a, um, watchable yet hateful <laughs> television review show, uh, in which Bonnie Greer was very sniffily dismissive of Rose, saying it was cheap, whereas Paul Morley, who was bit more earthy cultural commentator was very enthusiastic but he was he's, he was more enthusiastic because the the next time trailer for end of the world showed you know doctor who going into the more outlandish territory with which it is perhaps uh, uh, associated uh i was gonna say more associated but no because i think doctor who is associated with aliens invading contemporary earth but but also you know it is it is it is a show that goes forward in time and space um, but of course, Russell T. Davis wisely sets Rose in the present day, turns the present day on its head, brings the Doctor to us, or more importantly, to Rose Tyler. I've just watched, we've just watched Billy Piper's new series, um, I Hate Susie. She is very, very good. But of course, she was, she was a target of my anger when her casting was announced i was furious i didn't know anything she's a pop star 
Uh, I mean, I do this in my one-man show, my Saint My Doctor Who scarf. It's a bit that always got a laugh because I think people recognised that they they were the same. Um, uh, you know, we were looking for things that were going to ruin it and casting a pop star who's married to Chris Evans uh, was, uh, was absolutely a sign that, oh, a concession to the modern times which were going to ruin our wonderful thing. Uh... And, of course, she turned out to be amazing. Um, but, yes, this is doing the brave thing. It's one thing to have shop window dummies come to life in the modern day, which, let's face it, Doctor Who had done before. But this is more outlandish territory. And, of course, Russell um, very cleverly said if we were going to go into space, there had to be, a, you know, humanity somehow, not people from the planet Zog. Although, interestingly, humanity in this episode is represented by somebody who doesn't look human. So this is a sort of... So even though it's only episode two, this is as alien as Russell T. Davis' Doctor Who ever got because the only human is, is, a, is a pancake. <laughs> so, good choice from... Joe, because this is this is a harder sell to the public, and of course it worked. Um, I mean, I think we were. I mean, God, it was just so exciting, extraordinary that what uh, fourteen years later, 50, 15 years later. Um, you know, I've got it on DVD next door, but oh, that's that's far too much legwork to go and get it out of the box. So I've got a choice of streams on iPlayer and on Netflix. Um, I've chosen Netflix because I'm annoyed with the BBC iPlayer for um, trying to take you away from the credits all the time. I mean, Netflix aren't entirely innocent in that regard either, but um, appallingly, they are better than the BBC and, and I know I I've met Clayton Hickman once I think um, uh, I think but uh, I remember reading that he had suggested that um, the typography is the wrong way around because directed by is in capitals and then the name of the director is in normal case and that is quite top heavy uh, and I think that was later changed at, uh, after Clayton had suggested it so what a great idea to go okay where do we go for our first journey into the future well let's go to when how to cut mankind down to size having been quite celebratory of mankind of the doctor going to rose in rose you know go and have your beans on toast and but 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 loving that reveling in the ordinary which this doctor does a lot he's a doctor of sort of simple tastes he's not an esoteric dandy uh which seems like it would be it seemed at the time like it would be totally the, the wrong choice not the doctor for example and yet was absolutely the right choice and still fits in with with the doctor that, that does all the doctory things um, uh, now this is Simon Day he's now Simon Paisley Day and was in face of the Raven as Simon Paisley Day here he was Simon Day and I'm going what that's not he just gosh he's changed from the fast show because there's simon day in the fast show 
And this is Simon Day, who's not Simon Day from The Fast Show, because I'm assuming this actor is uh, a member of Equity and Simon Day from The Fast Show might not have been, uh, which is why they both have the same name. But I, was, I spent the whole thing going... And I actually said to a friend, that, 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 was, that was Simon Day from The Fast Show. He said, it's not. And I was going, I'm, well, I know. And, I, and yet... Because I think even the Radio Times had said Simon Day from The Fast Show. And it's not. It's a totally different person. But he's great. He's very good as the as the steward, and it was nice to see him back, not blue, in uh, in, in uh, face of the raven. But he's good. He does good, officious alien steward. Although when they did a press launch, I, I know they had the character of the steward, and the actor Andrew Clover, who is in Ashes to Ashes, played the part. And I've actually met uh, Andrew at a couple of things, and I think he, he might be a, a Who fan actually. Um, but yeah, he's not been in Doctor Who, but he did play the steward at a thing. The Mocks of Balhoon. He was big news. That's Jimmy V. Um, uh, do you know Jimmy V? Oh. Um, uh, I, I thought my uh, offstage glamorous assistant might know him because they have inhabited similar circles, I think, uh, at times. Um, but, but the Mocks of Balhoon had been mentioned by Russell T. Davis in his previews and had been on the front cover of Doc 2 magazine so so he was somebody we sort of felt we had an angle on even though we didn't know anything about him we certainly didn't know he was a, a, a benign character um, <laughs> the way the doctor flirts in the tree and again if you'd said to me that that's what he was going to do I would have been appalled I would have thought it was not doctorish but Eccleston's like, and look at the face of Bo it, it's it's odd because the nomenclature is unusual the years got the name apple in it um cal spark plug they're names that aren't aren't your sort of traditional sci-fi names and almost have an awkward relationship with sci-fi adherence of the repeated meme that's very uh sort of dawkins-esque isn't it um uh but yes, the, 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 and the face of Bo, you know, a face in a jar, you sort of go, well, how does that, how does that live? Where's it, was there a body of Bo? Um, but it, it doesn't, it doesn't at, the, at this stage, of course, you, the face of Bo is just scenery. It's not even a, a, a character. The fact that it comes back is, is for later. But um, they basically wanted a, a, an array of odd aliens, didn't they? Um, but the amount of effort into a background character whereas of course this this is because when I heard that when it was called The End of the World and Zoe Wanamaker was going to be in it and I read that in Doctor Who magazine and I think I'd read somewhere she was the last human I'd imagined a sort of dystopian desolate wasteland with collapsed buildings post-nuclear and Zoe Wanamaker in sort of uh, you know b b black boots and, and windswept and you know fighting it out on the frontiers not, not in this sort of rather camp oddball uh, setup, so it's completely at odds with what I first uh, imagined when when you know the the news started to leak about this episode um, uh, and, and look at that you can see the veins it's so much attention to to detail uh, yeah he's 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 alert even though he's joining in the doctor he's alert he's got his eye on. And he's obviously noticed something up with the ostrich egg. But then, and of course, you know, Zoe Wanamaker is huge news. And in, ah, and I think the debut of 
Tainted Love by Soft Cell in Doctor Who, um, which I think is a marvellous thing. I love Tainted Love by Soft Cell. It's, it's, it's one of my... I'll dance to those uh, tunes. Well, I don't know. I don't think I... I think my dancing days are over. But uh, if... Uh, if So, yes, he... he I, I interrupted myself. He... Um, oh, but this is brilliant. This is so well done where suddenly they don't take for granted that you're going to go into the far-flung future and assimilate. She suddenly... And I love the way it's shot. The director does a great job, Eros Lynn. Uh, who was a couple of years above me at university. Why didn't I become his friend? Uh, I, I didn't actually know he was until many years later. Um, in fact, I might have missed him by a year, but you know, I don't, I don't think I did. Um, but the, the way he shoots Rose's discombobulation uh, and sudden, the fact that it's, it, it, it suddenly knocks the wind out of her sails and she has to get out is really real. That's the sort of humanity... Um, that, that Russell T. Davis injected into this series that that really catapulted it into the, the modern era uh, and is and is brilliantly done. Uh, and I love this this fact that Jabe, uh, you know, is uh, obviously knows something about the Doctor that we don't, but that it's obviously something that's quite difficult news. Um, uh but yes, setting it in the future, where the Earth is 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 about to die, is is a very, you know, it's almost the opposite of Rose, um, because Rose is saying, oh, how an individual human is really important, and Doctor Who does that beautifully, you know, so it's, you know that that anybody can can find their capabilities if they come into the Doctor's orbit, or if they're they're tested by outrageous situations, and and it's a it's a pan to the the, the great inventiveness and resilience and sometimes good humour of people. Uh, but this is going, yeah, but actually you're all specs uh, and the, the, the planet that you inhabit uh, isn't even uh, immune to entropy and uh, 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 destruction. Uh, and it totally puts us in our place, having celebrated us the week before. Very clever. And now, I think this scene was done later. Um, and I really like Becky Armour's performance as Raffalo. Um, Raffalo. Um, but I think this. Oh, and she, and she gives. Doesn't she give. She, she gives an explanation that Rose doesn't get at all, does she? Yeah, she doesn't. She's got no idea. Um, she's I, yeah I really like her manner but I think this was added later because the episode was under running because of course there is I think there is dialogue later saying that there aren't there, are, there, there aren't any maintenance crew on board um, but you forgive it because um, actually it's a really nice scene she's a very nice short-lived character in it and it gives Rose a moment's connection and of course it does the lovely Doctor Whoy thing of having somebody early on succumbing Thanks for the permission. Oh, I like that. <laughs> I find that really touching. Uh, especially as um, Raffalo is now about to get... I don't quite know how you get killed by those little crawly spidery things uh, and, and sucked into the vent, uh, but she's, she's gonna, um, which I think is rather... I might, I might choose Raffalo as one of my things. Uh, I... 
I think it's going to be. I, I've got to, and I've, but I've got to think about what Joe will choose because Joe is a writer. So, uh, and and I have to remind myself that I always choose actors and characters because that's my that's my world. Oh. It was underrunning quite a lot, wasn't it, if this was added later? Um, disclaimer, it might not have been, but I think it was. Oh, but that's a great Doctor Who thing. It's, it's actually quite funny, even though it's really sad that somebody you like has died. The sort of being, the, 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 the feet, the, the feet flapping as they go into the, go, go, go into the vent. A bit like the old ladies in Paradise Tower when they get sucked into the food disposal unit. That's see, that's a that's a great gag. <laughs> the, 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 the blue, the movie blue box. It's bold though, isn't it? Um, and it's interesting. Has it, it? I don't think it's dated particularly. Uh, I mean, I was shocked when I watched some Buffy quite recently. Buffy that seems so modern uh, now looks quite dated. We watched The Sopranos the other night. The Sopranos, which is you know a show that everybody holds up as a huge bastion and you think and it's you know it's quite hard and it's grown up and all that sort of thing that had dated that had dated in terms of production and the way it was shot and and what people look like that had dated um i mean i think i think this has the 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 picture quality is odd it's got a slightly sort of weirdly murky palette about it um and and, and is not great quality which is interesting i wonder if one day people will have a nice day. Um, you know, we'll do their work on it and, 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 and clean it up a bit because it is a bit sort of muddy. Uh, I love the, I love the, um, that, that, whatever it is they do with the camera, with the, with the, I must do it in post with the things crawling in the, in, 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 in the ventilation shaft and sort of hitting the camera and that's really clever. Um, it's, it's very nicely directed this. Um. They're just so alien. The aliens are here. Yes, they are so alien, Rose. Um. <laughs> but he's yeah, he's the 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 way that this, these the relationship between these two is. He's fed into ah uh, yeah so. Yeah, sort out the sort out the audience at home. Audience at home, going. How can they speak alien? Then, whack whack that out there, um, so that then you don't you don't have a science fiction thing getting in the way of the storytelling because actually solving those problems is is you know there's no reason why it should take a, a long time. Although actually that's interesting. I'd forgotten this. He goes, oh, it's something that my machine does, and she's going. What, is, have you put something in my head? So actually, they did take a bit of time with the explanation, but it it, it gave them an emotional uh, re response, which adds to the disconnection that she's feeling and the stress that she's feeling and, and his inability to uh, communicate with her effectively because he's got his own demons going on. I mean, so... No, he's not just going, oh, yeah, I need to explain why the aliens are understandable. He goes, I need to explain why the aliens are understandable. And I shall use that as the fulcrum of a, of a dramatic scene that causes a schism between our 
two characters. Don't I? He's a very clever writer, and it and it's good because these two have a great, because you can tell they like each other, but also, you know, they're they're feeling their way ar around each other as well. Um, he's a great doctor, isn't he, Eccleston? Not not remotely the sort of actor I was expecting them to cast as Doctor Who which is why it was brilliant casting uh, and and she was not remotely the sort of actress I was hoping for and because I didn't know and she's great yeah I not what do I how do I feel about the what has the doctor done there that enables Rose to phone her her mother on the day that she should be on Earth? I suppose you don't don't have to ask too much. But I remember seeing Jackie on the cast list and thinking, well, are they going to go back to Earth at the end of the episode? It, it didn't occur to me that halfway through she'd, she'd phone her mum up. Um, but actually, that that const that that sort of base they've got. Uh, <laughs> in 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 the modern day just keeps a keeps the show just grounded and solid and Mickey and Jackie coming back and all, and actually that's been the, one of the big things with with modern who as i call it is those sort of regular supporting that supporting wave i i, I love the doctors that's not supposed to happen with a sort of with a slight Oh, something might be going wrong. I'm quite looking forward to that. He's very good. He's very good, uh, Simon Day. And blue. It's blue again. The colour for aliens isn't green, you see. It's blue. I've just done Battlefield, actually, uh, recently, and the Destroyer's blue. So blue. it's blue superseding green as the alien colour. <laughs> uh, and of course so yeah this is because the story there's, there's been no sort of d high drama oh well no Ruffalo's been killed of course so yeah um, but we don't actually know what we don't know what the story is at, at, at this point they're, they're yes he has to he's He's a he's slightly hamstrung by the the necessary blocking of this is that he he sort of stays in his chair to get uh to get to get vaporized um which did it didn't particularly bother me at the time but I I watch it now with half an eye of you know casual punters walking through and go oh, why didn't he get out of his chair and why didn't he move and and we never quite buy do we people who are frozen with fear. Have you ever been frozen with fear? I know that's a thing people do on telly. I think, I think we do. I think we do stay still when we're scared. It's a, it's a sort of animal instinct, isn't it, to, to, to not make yourself. So, so I, yeah, no, I, I'm fine with it. I'm, I'm worried about that imaginary, imaginary passing critic. She's great, and, and I love the, I love the costume and the look of the trees. Oh. I'm sure I remember somebody on online getting furious because there's that we the word 
some somebody suggested there was a prostitute in Doctor Who, or that that Rose Rose was a prostitute. Michael Jackson, gosh, that's dated, of course. He was uh, alive and well. Um, yeah, the flirty doctor. That's quite. That's quite a, a new thing. I mean, uh, Tom Baker would flirt with elderly ladies, but uh, Eccleston's. Uh, he's got. He's got the wood for the tree. Um, so, yeah, just just the steward and the staff. Yeah. So, that means Ruffalo, because Ruffalo wasn't in it at this point. Uh, but that's okay. Um, Nice to see still wires in the future because I I'm not a great fan of this wireless world, but they'd be a devil to sort out, wouldn't they? Oh, it was on the Titanic. Yeah. No. Um. So what will Joe be choosing? I wonder. Um. The, the, oh, the effects of the little spider things are great, by the way. Um, and the and the sun burning effect is nice. I mean, this is a. There, there wasn't. There, there wasn't this sort of stuff being done, by British television. And remember the Doctor Who Confidential. And I think maybe Ed Russell, did Russell write some. There was some stuff in Doctor Who magazine about just how hard it was to do, to do these effect shots, um, for for episode two with you know a television industry that was used to making medical dramas and detective shows uh it did, did totally change the landscape and it was a landscape we you know we were we were happy to uh happy to chart as viewers goodness me it makes me so happy to remember this t this time and so happy of the fact that all those doubts proved to be uh Without foundation, I didn't doubt Doctor Who. I didn't doubt that 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 uh, all that all that Russell T Davis would, uh, you know, produce something good. Um, I doubted. I doubted my luck because it was all about me. Of course it is. <laughs> uh, I doubted that the world would like the thing I like because because. You know, I'm used to being the underdog, or or, or everybody liking football and me not, and bloody 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 blah, 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 blah. So, a thrill. What this, uh, what this initiated, and lips, lipstick and skin. She calls her a bitchy trampoline as well, which is a cracking line. Bitchy trampoline. I'm. I'm <laughs> Uh, and it's very modern. Uh, Rose Rose sounds to me, or did it did at the time, sounded to me like sort of modern Britain. Uh, she's a very important voice in Doctor Who. In fact, you know, is 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 as important as as the Doctor. Um, the series wouldn't be the same without either of them. And it's interesting because I think Yasmin Bannerman had been in Hollyoaks, hadn't she? So it was interesting watching actors who not, uh, whose career, you know, I think actors in the 60s and 70s sort of 
would be used to playing somebody from the past a lot uh, and somebody from the future or or an alien but i think we'd sort of we'd we'd lost that art we'd lost that 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 wasn't a, a, anything that sort of f- figured in anybody's uh, either ambitions or or possibilities and suddenly that whole new thing opened up and it's so much more exciting as an actor to get a good costume or a funky makeup or or something that means we have to do something else uh i get i get <laughs> catching myself uh this is brilliant i find this so moving um and especially because i've we've never seen the doctor cry and then he's i mean he's look at we get we get a we get a a, a a solo tear we don't know what it is yet something awful but look at that a tear falling from his eye it's so good i find that really affecting uh uh the doctor's tear um and we still don't know what it is um because he has to tell rose at the end now this is this i have to say this is galaxy quest um uh, and the episode really starts to kick up now so we know the adherents of the repeated meme are somehow dodgy um uh, and so when are they are they going to be the main baddies yeah there's certainly something dodgy about them um they do they, they are a bit like the yeti um I do think there's a great it, it, yeah that and i remember, i'm sure russell said at the time or in the, is it in the commentary for for this where he said oh people say it'll be like that bit from galaxy quest that's marvelous but the thing in galaxy quest is it's supposed to be a mickey take of this sort of thing but it's <laughs> but it's the chutzpah because it's so huge and it's so and the switch is at the end behind the fans which makes no sense at all why would you put a switch behind two fans that you can't get to unless the fans are switched off but um <laughs> oh, if only you could switch off the fans, eh? <laughs> Particularly this one. Um, but, you know, they know that. The people making this aren't stupid. They know that. They just go, doesn't matter. It's glorious. Let's do it. You go, okay, the commitment. I lo- I'm definitely going to choose because this made me feel as if my thing was part of the modern world. I didn't really know Britney Spears, but I knew this song. I'd heard it on the radio. And this, the shot of the spaceship with this song that I associated with Radio 1, which is what my, my partner listened to, rather me particularly, uh, it was suddenly like, my thing is part of the modern world. And that, that's Britney Spears in Doc, Doctor Who. It's suddenly a synthesis of everything that's all exciting. I, I love the use of Toxic. And I think didn't I think one of the newspapers, I think the Guardian Guide maybe said, you know, the world... The world is destroyed to the tunes of Toxic Natch or something. That said something like that. And that, that, that made me feel like this was stamping itself on the popular culture of the year 2005. Uh, of which it, of course, became a vital part. Uh, and that's because you got a switched on show creator, con- controller, chieftain... Uh, who uh, who pitched it absolutely bang on, um, and I, I I actually would like a little bit more of Toxic. I I always get a bit disappointed when when it stops. <laughs> and I, <laughs> I do quite like the fact they have a sort of argument, and I I quite like that font. 
Yes, unfiltered rising. But not for long. Uh, but that's all good, and I like the fact that it leaves a it leaves burn marks. You know, you can do a lot of stuff in post production now that that, that you could because of course we, you know, I would compare this to old Doctor Who. So anything that they could do that you couldn't do in old Doctor Who is like, oh wow, they can do that now. You can you can leave burn marks and you you can get rid of CSO fringing and oh, it's all so exciting. Um, and it's weird though because it hasn't diminished my love for old Doctor Who, but for for a while when this was back, you know. I wasn't watching the old stuff uh, because this was all brand new. I would watch it on the Saturday. I would watch it again on the Saturday night. Then I would watch it first thing Sunday morning. Then I would probably watch it again on the Wednesday. Then I would watch it again on the Friday, but with an eye to the next time trailer as a as a as a it was more of a lead in to the next. Uh, and then so I would watch it. What one two. Three, four, at least five times <laughs> in one week. Talk to the face. Do you think he did the face of Bo just for that joke? I, I wouldn't put it past him. <laughs> Whereas, of course, we we uh, we we know the face of Bo uh, now is part of Doctor Who mythology much more. You can tell it, Zoe Wanamaker. It's it's very good. They adhere. Yes, because you're expecting. I think you. I mean, you know that Cassandra's the baddie, really, but, but that's part of the fun. And I didn't know what a meme was, uh, but the, the, it, 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 it was uh, because it. But it, but it was the it was the sort of word du jour, uh, so I had to sort of. Uh, Look it up. Uh, Doctor continuing its educational... But that's a good line. <laughs> well, that's it. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yes. Tax-free money. <laughs> but it's a great... Also, it's a, although it's fun and it's grotesque, it's a, it is a great comment about... How far do you go with cosmetic surgery? And my goodness, that that is even more relevant now than then, as you see, as you see what people are are doing to themselves. Um, but but the, and actually, it's not about flatness now. It's more about these sort of funny pouty lips and all of that that uh, the Instagram generation seem to do. But it's it all it's all cut from the same cloth. Uh, and this idea that you know you flatten yourself and you flatten yourself and you do so much and then you have to correct the surgery that's gone wrong and then if that correction doesn't quite work the more you do the more you do and you end up with a bitchy trampoline you end up with somebody flat and in need of moisturization it's a you know it's a clever comment about vanity and technology and it's it's a it's a plausible extension of our 21st century preoccupations which is what good science fiction does um, oh heck yeah and she's going to escape I mean I don't quite know how she works because her brain's in the jar isn't it yeah <laughs> but she's a great character uh, 
Yeah, very good. I like the jukebox too. Um, the mocks of Balhul. So, yes, the system restores switch. <laughs> he's very busy, isn't he? He's very. He's got that energy. I think I liked him then. I think I like him more now than I did then. Interestingly, because I think he was such a culture shock for me. I liked him. I still liked him. Uh, but I think some of the when he says leg it and things like that didn't didn't sit with my idea of what the doctor does because you know doctor who can be anything so <laughs> you, you when it's what you don't quite expect or you're not used to you get you're uncertain about it um so it's good I, I don't i'm happy to be proved wrong or to have my horizon stretched um that's a great effect that as well it's a great set and those those big fans are really you know they look really real um Yes. Oh, I like a brave self-sacrifice. Oh. Yeah. Oh, dear. I still I still get tears in my eyes when supporting characters from Doctor Who do something brave. <laughs> and that's a great moment. Although, you know, you know, in that moment of sort of forced levity, you know, there's an acknowledgement there that what she's doing ain't going to be too good for her. Um, yeah, this is great. It's great. It's a brilliant. It's it's. It reminds me a bit of the Poseidon Adventure, a favourite Sunday afternoon film. Uh, uh, sort of disaster. Everyone loves a bit of disaster movie stuff. Um, it's, it's interesting how passive Rose is for 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 a lot of this. I mean, considering she's such an, an active character and an important part of Doctor Who, she's actually she spends a lot of this st stuck in a room um, and I, I like Murray Gold's music too uh, really keeps it rattling along and of course the great shock, the Mox of Balhoon dies uh, <laughs> I remember just thinking, hang on, how can they kill the Mox of Balhoon and then remembering, I hadn't even heard of him until about a month ago oh Jabe and that's that's a really sort of effectively moving shot. The fact that it's just the sort of little bit of flame dancing in the background. It doesn't even dwell on it. Uh, but she's gone. Now, now, this bit, I wonder if Joe will choose this bit because it's an awful blooming cheek, I have to say. I, I, lo I love this iteration of Doctor Who and I love Russell T. Davis, but... I think this is really cheating because it's basically going uh, because you can't you can't you can't you can't you can't do this he can't do this and yet it's sort of philosophically and spiritually acceptable because of all it's trying to say about the doctor feeling time around him and all that stuff. but it's not but it's not dramatically acceptable it's a whacking great cheat and yet I forgive it. I'm not going to choose it as one of my favourite moments, even though it's actually very well done, because I think it's I think it's a liberty. <laughs> but the shot of Earth blowing up's great, um, and I could understand those who are who are disinclined to what I still laughingly call New Who, even though it's 14 years old. I know people younger than this program um, who would you know who would see that as an example of of cheating and of, of, of naughty science fiction. Um, 
because there's no plausible explanation for it apart from some wispy stuff about feeling, you know, time or whatever, which is, you know, which is naughty. But I, I find myself not minding it at all. I minded it a bit then. I don't care now. <laughs> uh, and he's, I love his bristling. And I love the fact he goes to, yes, oh, I moved again. <laughs> I'm quite an emotional chap, aren't I? I love the fact he goes to, you know, uh, comfort the non-speaking trees, um, who are uh, actually Alan Roscoe and Paul Casey, the, who were the sort of monster, the John Scott Martin and Gerald Taylor of 2005. Uh, in fact, Paul Casey topped up, cropped up in the latest series of Doctor Who, um, in the Nikola Tesla episode. Uh, but they, yeah, they were all the monsters uh, this this series, uh, and you knew, yeah, you had to get her back. But this, now, this I did mind. Uh, interesting, there were death is a very important part of Doctor Who. I remember Clive getting killed off screen in Rose was a concern of mine because I was like, oh God, are we so namby-pamby now as audiences that we can't see people die? It was important for me to, to watch someone die. Isn't that awful? But because that death is an important part of Doctor Who. But the fact that the Doctor doesn't attempt to save Cassandra here and, you know, and, and we discover as we go on that the Doctor is war-scarred and needs to learn and all that sort of thing but to me it's a fundamental thing of the doctor is that life is important to him and that he certainly doesn't take life now he's not taking her life but he's he's but but for me they hadn't established the doctor as being this non-life taking force for good so the fact that this is the war scarred version i wasn't quite i wasn't quite ready for and i uh it's interesting because it, 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 we know what we know now and we know what this was sort of setting up and establishing because of what the Doctor tells Rose at the end. And actually Eccleston gives it a bit of a comedy, a comedy look, which is which is a good, you know, mixing of the two styles of uh, uh, of of, uh, of the Doctor's, you know, uh, function as, you know, person who does funny things and person who's the dramatic core but i i wasn't happy with the doctor not being that bothered about cassandra but of course she comes back so we know in the long term that she's not actually dead which means that okay but we do have to wait a year to discover that um i, I yeah i wanted my hero to be a bit less um blunt in the face of death that that he might have been able to do something about her, even if he couldn't. He could have at least fretted that he should have done. But of course, it's setting up the fact that this big confession he's about to tell Rose, which is a big driver for their relationship and for what this character and this, you know, he's not the war doctor, but he's the war scarred doctor. Um, so again, it's funny that it, it it doesn't bother me now in the way that it, it did then. Um, uh and, and I love the fact they talk about chips in this bit because that's, that's, you know, it's that thing. You've just been to the future and all these crazy things. Uh, and the doctor, this doctor is as, is as happy with chips as he is with, you know, walking, talking trees. But, of course, it's not just 
that that story shows us us that you know this earth that we're on isn't going to be here forever and that we're small specks of dust it, it is mirroring what's happened to the doctor fuck oh i don't normally swear on these but that this because you're going oh this is just an nc this the, the story is over what why are we having this stuff on the street oh they've destroyed gallifrey he is the last of the time lords and one of the doctor who movies i think was going to be called that and the idea that you destroyed gallifrey was absolutely absolute blasphemy but of course you do it here and you go of course that makes absolute sense i've gotten i don't yeah i suddenly care about gallifrey again because you've destroyed gallifrey if it was just that three years in they went oh, i'm gonna go to my home planet now it's got people with robes and high collars you'd go uh, really but take that away one it gives him such a driver it gives him a, a, an important bond with her it gives him the melancholy it, but and, and for and for people who've never seen Doctor Who before, well, he becomes then the sort of lonely, melancholy hero. For people that have seen the series before, you know, it 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 it, it, it takes him back to the original conception of the Doctor, which is the lone traveller, not somebody who was part of a civilization. Because we found out about Gallifrey, you know, not not for six years or so. So in a way, it's sort of rebooting but actually rebooting it so that it's it's back to the original conception of the show very clever really enjoyed that i am i mean i'm going to gush about every story i have to that's what this is about but um and this this excited me of course because for me a story is set in the past uh, well what doctor who is all about um uh and of course, yes, Simon Callow as Charles Dickens. But, um, and of course, the next time trailer was as much of the excitement as the episode as the episode itself, because it gave you a glimpse of what was coming next week. And because this was also brand new and look at the speed of these credits, uh, we're going to watch the credit. No. Oh, oh, right. Well, we're just going to have to pretend I didn't press the button. I I've actually watched on Netflix to to mean that we got the whole credits i really hate it when credits get swallowed up so uh you still got them going i hope you're lucky um but i was commenting on the speed of the credits because they actually go at a speed where you can read them um i like the fact that he's credited as doctor who as well um so oh but actually while you've got the credits going i've got to choose my favorite things well I think um, toxic. <laughs> That's my aesthetic thing. Um, I think. I think the destruction of Gallifrey. I think you know, and the Doctor's tear associated with that. That whole element of that running through the episode, but also the ramifications that it has for the rest of the rest of the series and for the character and and everything. Masterstroke. Um, uh, and if you'd said to me when the series was coming back, oh, by the way, they're going to destroy Gallifrey, I'd be like, you're kidding. Uh, and then, of course, as, as immediately as it happens, you go, that is that is absolutely, that makes absolute sense. Um, can I say the destruction of Earth as well? Because I think, because I do think that's important because I, I, I think Doctor Who concurrently reminds us that the individual is really important and celebrates the individual no matter how humble 
supposedly humble that their background is or their job is you know if they're you know often people who don't get heroic light shined upon them get to do heroic things and and, and it shows that there's no small person or no unimportant life but at the same time i like the fact that it also goes because i think you can go too far with that i think it also goes but humans don't get too big for your boots you're not all that special because in the whole scheme of things you know you're just a, an event uh and i i like those two things working together so the destruction of earth but not, you know i hope i've explained that slightly slightly beyond the the mere act of its destruction but all of all, all of those different drivers that it has going in different directions uh 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 to yes to um what else did i like in that episode i like well bitchy trampoline is a it's a great line um so i have to say cassandra i mean uh the the effect and zoe wanamaker and uh, uh that, that that exchange with rose um i like very much indeed and the final thing uh i would say um that i like about the end of the world will be um ah oh, i'm gonna say i'm gonna say ruffalo the 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 last minute edition uh but there's plenty of other things I, I could have chosen. Uh, but I think, I think those will be my five. Let us see what Joe Lidster has chosen. So my best thing about episode one is the pre-title sequence. Well, it's my first best thing is the pre-title sequence. Uh, it's got the joy of the dots being all excited after being quite grim in episode one so you're seeing Rose's impact on him um, and the bit about going into the future and further into the future and further into the future again that's very uh, just exciting and very Russell T Davis because I think you know during the wilderness years of Doctor Who everything had been everything's in the year 3000 or whatever and suddenly to go no we're going out there going up there um, and my favorite thing about it is the end where he says I brought you to the end of the world and Billy Piper's brilliant sort of what the F expression on her face. Um, so my second best thing about the episode is the scene with the plumber, um, which I think was a late minute edition. Uh, I think as well as being brilliant, funny and sweet, and then obviously horrible and scary, it really does do that thing a bit like I was saying earlier on, of saying to the family that you're watching science fiction, but that doesn't mean that all the aliens are gonna be posh blokes talking about peace treaties. Um, it's pure Rossity Davis. Uh, you'll love this character, even if they're only in one scene and even if they're blue. I just think it's brilliant. That was a great choice. It was the same as my choice, but he put it much better because, yeah, it, it is a lovely performance. But actually, everything that Ruffalo uh, is and stands for. Um, I, I also want to do an honourable mention for for the scene where where Rose suddenly gets a bit terrified and feels lost and has to run away. Um and, and therefore encounter Ruffalo. Um, so that, that nearly got chosen. Um, uh, but there we go. Um, yeah, good reasons. I like his reasons with Ruffalo. My third best thing about the episode is the cut to inside a washing machine and there's Jackie. Um, it really shows that there's going to be an emotional truth to the new series that 
was often lacking in the original series, much as I, you know, I do love the original series. Um, the fact is you would experience culture shock, you would miss your mum, you would get freaked out by things. And I remember when I first watched it, I was just so surprised because I hadn't expected that because that's not what Doctor Who does. In Doctor Who, you go off and have that adventure and that's it. That story's gone. It's the new story. You're off having an adventure. And it's brilliant because I can't ever have imagined ever thinking Doctor Who should have had a scene like that. But I can't imagine this episode or the series in general not having that scene. I think it's so important. Uh, my fourth best thing about the episode is the use of Tainted Love and Toxic. Again, it's just very funny and silly and exciting. And I think they're both, again, it just emphasises that this is new modern television. Because again, it's just not something you'd have ever have had, you don't think you ever did have really in the old series. Um, and it's just really saying to the audience, this is modern TV. And it's the kind of thing that will make your mum laugh. And if your mum's laughing, she's enjoying the show and she's going to watch the next episode. And it made me laugh. So yeah, they're both brilliant songs as well. And my bonus best thing about End of the World is the scene where Rose is trapped with the sun filter rising, sun filter descending, um, partly because it's just very funny. It's quite silly, and but it's also really scary. Um, but I think it's because the episode has done such an amazing job of you know, saying to a general family audience, you're going to love this show, even if it's got aliens in. So it's really focused on doing all that. You know, again, a bit like Rose, it's quite plot-like because it's a lot of it's about saying to the audience, you can watch this show. It's not weird science fiction, it's entertainment for the whole family. Um, and it's also done such a brilliant thing of being so about being modern Doctor Who. So we've seen the companions home, we've got modern music and so on like that that I think for some reason I wasn't expecting there to be such a scene so blatantly about the companion being in peril. Um, you know, they'd almost started to seem a bit invincible, the Doctor and Rose, and, and you know, because they're taking us on this journey and their job is to make this accessible to the family and everything. So I just think it's it was really scary. Uh, well, it was scary because I was an adult. I wasn't that scared, but I was very excited when it happened. And I still think it's a brilliantly exciting, fun scene. And yeah, that's it. So those are my five things. I look forward to you choosing other things. Um, you've asked me to say, I'm Joe Lidster. And something about me is that uh, after 25 years, I am currently on my eighth day without a cigarette. So I'm now going to get a drink um, because I'm very tense. And you can find me on Twitter at, at Joe Lidster, all one word. I mean, all Twitter accounts are all one word, I think, aren't they? But yeah, it's at Joe Lidster. Anyway, this has been fun, Toby. I look forward to seeing your video. Bye-bye. Oh. I've met some lovely, interesting people because of Doctor Who. Joe is a fabulous writer. You probably, if you're watching this, you probably don't need me to tell you that because I'm sure you'll have watched and listened to all of his stuff that he's done uh, before <laughs> availing yourself of this. Uh, but if, if you haven't checked out Joe's stuff, do definitely check him out on uh, uh, Twitter. He's great. Uh, uh, and I'm thrilled he's done that. I thought he chose some really interesting... Uh, and insightful things. I thought he would choose either Cassandra or one of the two destructions. So I was quite, I was quite confident that um, that 
I'd I'd get more than half of his, but I didn't. I only got two, uh, Ruffalo and and Toxic. So I think he wins. Uh, so I think he's allowed uh, my my slippers. That that that's the rules today. Um, so Joe, you've won my slippers. Come and get them. Uh, you have to take them from my cold, sn- snug feet. Um, all right. Uh, oh, and I, I think because I was talking through it. Well, of course I was talking through the whole thing. I missed the bits where she says, where do you want me to go? Ipswich. <laughs> Which is a great line. Um, well, that was very good. Um, but um, there'll be more of these because despite what the title said, it's not the end of the world. Bye. Can I say something before you start recording? Yeah. I love you very much, but I'm very glad that I didn't live with you when you watched Stitching five times a week before my sleep. Yeah. I love you very much, but you just had to do me something to do that to. Yeah. Well, not always. I just start to sound mean after a bit. <laughs> Thank you so much for listening to Happy Times and Places, which was presented by me, Toby Haydock, and my special guest was Joe Lidster, who can be found on Twitter at Joe Lidster. Thanks to my patrons, the featured ones, this episode are Russell Parker, Nick Mellish, Pip Maidley, Sean McAllister, Nate Lynch, Guy Lambert, Hendrik Korzeniowski, Andy Kitching, Jeff Kaplan, Judith Jackson, Christopher Joyce, Gregory Hudson, Darren Howard, Matthew Houliston, Sam Hollingsworth, and Simon Hodges. The music for this podcast is specially composed by Dave Gates. The podcast artwork is by Dylan Patterson, and the YouTube thumbnails by Gav Rymill. Thanks to them all. Next time, I'm going to try not to make a Tom Tit of myself because I shall be eulogising, oh yes, the Time Monster. If you'd like to consider supporting these podcasts, you can do so at patreon.com forward slash Toby where you will be treated to exclusive and advanced releases and also some other tat. <laughs> or you can just do a one-off payment on ko-fi.com forward slash Toby Haydock. You can also subscribe to my YouTube channel or go to my website, which is www.tobyhaydock.com. But mostly, thanks for listening. Thanks for downloading. Please review and rate these, only if you're going to do it positively, in all of the usual places, because that stuff really does help. Anyway, thanks very much. I hope the rest of your day is good. And remember... No matter what happens, it's not the end of the world. I hate doing things like this. Why do you make us do things like this?